0: Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Junior Wealth Management, and thanks for joining us again here uh, every Tuesday where we do our live mic on money market update and talk about uh, everything that's going on. And this week, we're going to be talking about the year in review. So looking back at the year of the the pandemic of the closures, uh, just a reminder of kind of everything that's happened and also where we're at today uh, and and, and talk a little bit uh, about where things are headed. Uh, We did cover quite a bit last week when we talked about uh, innovative and disruptive technologies that have really become to the forefront uh, through the pandemic, but we'll, uh, we'll take a look at what and how we got there, uh, how we got here uh, through the last year. But with that, let's dive into things and take a look. Uh, as always, everything we cover here is for educational purposes only, don't take it as solicitation or advice. Always uh, reach out to us if you have any questions specific to your situation or do your own due diligence uh, or seek some professional help uh, to make sure that what uh, anything you see here uh, applies to your situation. And as always, if you're watching live, uh, just click that chat or sorry, the uh, Q&A button and you can ask a question. Uh, if, uh, if we don't get to it, uh, which we haven't been to, get into them by the end because I ramble on too much, uh, we certainly will reach out to you and answer your questions. If you're listening to the podcast or recording on YouTube, uh, just go to mikeonmoney.com. You can reach us through there, either email, phone, or book an appointment. We're always happy to answer any of your questions. So with that, let's dive right into what's going on in the economy. Uh, Of course, we're looking at this week, we're looking at the uh, optimism index for April. Uh, So just kind of taking a gauge of how people are feeling with the vaccine rollout, uh, how the the outlook of the economy is, and just the overall sentiment out there uh, as far as investors go and and economic recovery goes. Uh, The stock futures, uh, despite having a pretty good week last week and the start to this week, the stock futures across the board uh, kind of ticked down a little bit, uh, not much, and, and really, given the run that they've had in the last week uh, after a slow few weeks prior to that, i not surprised them. there's a little bit of profit taken off the top or just a bit of slowdown on that momentum. So nothing we're really concerned about there. The outlook is still very strong uh, for, for, the, uh, for the markets. Uh, more into that value trend, as we've talked about, and again, into those innovative technologies. Uh, on the uh, taking a look a little bit deeper, Biden put out his US infrastructure plan. It, it was actually quite popular uh, across the board, um, but it needs partisan support. Uh, looking at doing $2 trillion uh, that's going to address road repairs, internet upgrades, which is big, uh, of course, brought to the forefront, forefront especially for uh, smaller communities or more rural communities uh, around educational needs. Uh, and other initiatives that were very popular. I think the big challenge that they have is, you know, it's being touted as a Democratic bill and uh, sold as the Biden-backed plan. So, you know, of course, the Republicans are not going to be in favor of that name. Uh, But all in all, everyone seems to be pretty positive on the uh, the overall plan. Uh, As we talked in the past, you know, the hedge fund, uh, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this again, uh, our... Chegos, I think it is. Chegos, uh, are Gegos. It's a Greek word. Um, it's all Greek to me. Uh, <laughs> they're, uh, uh, they're with uh Nuruma. Uh, um, Nuruma backed them financially. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're, they're going under. Uh, of, of course, you know, they're trying to bail it out and trying to come back from, from that failing and uh, reopen a new hedge fund. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. were some big losses taken there uh, and uh, I think it'll be a little bit longer than they expect to kind of get it back. If you saw in the news, LG uh, smartphone uh, is exiting building uh, smartphones. They were one of the first ones and their claim to fame was kind of bringing out the Android phone. So they were one of the first big, big builders of the Android phones. Uh, they've decided to exit the mobile business mobile well, making business anyway, uh, so some opportunities there for Samsung to step in as kind of one of the biggest uh, rivals in that uh, North American smartphone market, so we'll keep an eye on that, but a good opportunity for Samsung to pick up some market share on the uh, on the hardware side of things. Uh, U.S. service sector uh, gauges the scale, scales with the record highs and, and cost pressure mountains, so just going back to inflation, uh, we are seeing uh, the service sector numbers coming in uh, you know, again, record highs uh, bounce back, especially as, as we're seeing a surge of uh, new economic growth, as the, especially in the U.S., as they reopen with the vaccines being rolled out. I think the last number I saw in the U.S. vaccine, they were through 165 million vaccinated, uh, and, and doing about three or more million vaccines a day. So, uh, really pushing forward on uh, the vaccinations and reopenings. Uh, but we are seeing that inflation number kind of increasing as we go along. Uh, Yellen is uh, pledging for the U.S. international corporation and calling for a global minimum tax. So this goes back to a long-standing problem in the U.S., <laughs> where uh, companies tend to play a little bit of a shell game uh, with their uh, with their money and the taxes. So you know they might be operating and selling in, in the U.S., but they'll have uh, you know corporations set up and you know. Ireland's a big haven, Uh, of course, in the Caribbean, uh, uh, offshore uh, UK on the uh, Guernsey and Jersey, and Island of man, uh, tax-free havens. Uh, They'll move their uh, revenue around to pay as little tax as possible. Yellen's moving to uh, come up with a global minimum tax. So just based on their global earnings, there's a minimum amount of tax that they have to pay in the United States. Not a completely unpopular um, plan or uh, program, uh, but of course uh, not favorable with the Republicans who like to give out tax breaks to all the rich companies and the rich friends. Um, Biden, uh, Biden's moving for a higher tax on corporations uh, and it won't harm the economy. Uh, really, I kind of agree with that one. Uh, you know, Remember under the Trump administration, they did a bunch of big tax cuts uh, billions and billions of dollars out of the, the, the tax funds. Um, and really, that just went to the corporate corporation's savings account. Uh, and, and a bulk of that money went to just buying a stock buyback plans. So it really didn't go to help the economy at all, which is kind of what, uh, what it was supposed to do. So re, re-taxing that back again uh, shouldn't slow down the companies at all because, again, it's not like they reinvested into growth. Uh, they just stuck it into the bank account or uh, bought back stocks with it. Uh, the crypto market soared to an all-time record high, about trillion trillion. Bitcoin represented about 1.1 trillion of that. Uh, so we're still seeing a lot of uh, investments um, into the, the crypto market, uh, mostly driven by a lot of funds have come out to make cryptocurrencies accessible to people in their investment accounts or RSP accounts. Um, and that's just opened it up for more and more people to be able to buy into it so more access, more demand, uh, limited supply drives up the value. The bitcoin price itself while still moving up a little bit last I looked it was about sixty one thousand uh, us uh, so, you know not not really too much higher than than previous so uh, it hasn't actually taken off but what we're seeing is those funds diversify their investment across a lot of cryptos so the overall market is is increasing there for sure of course the vaccine rollout here in British Columbia moves along we're at 71 and older so 1950 or earlier Uh, or if you're an indigenous uh, person uh, 18 or older you can go the online registration opened today you uh, I did go look at the site but of course I'm not eligible yet so no clicking for me but if you fall in those categories you can go online you can still call and book your appointment more and more people are getting get in it and, uh, and it's moving along pretty quickly. So hopefully uh, it, will, uh, it will continue to accelerate uh, as more and more supply of the vaccine comes in. Uh, the variance, of course, has been the biggest uh, challenge here. Uh, well, in Canada, uh, we're, we're seeing the numbers really increase in BC, of course, we're in a shutdown. Ontario has gone back into a shutdown. Lots of Quebec never left the shutdown. Um, so, uh, you know, we continue to see challenges, uh, around the numbers and the, uh, ICU numbers are, are arising. So, uh, hopefully we can reopen on April 19th, uh, especially if the vaccine continues to, um, roll out as quickly as we're seeing it now. Uh, and, uh, and of course, I think we mentioned last week with Whistler closing and other ski resorts in the province being shut down as well. Um, just to try to limit the transmission in those areas. Let's take a look at the global markets up coming up in the US, uh, the US econ- economic data. The Labor Department is expected to report their job numbers for February. Uh, we do expect a, a rise. again, they are reopening. California has kind of reopened things and Texas of course is one of the earlier ones uh, and as things reopen that just means uh, more jobs. still a, still a challenge on the job front you know there's still a lot of numbers to, to come down there and and hopefully um, we do see some economic recovery fast enough to keep up with uh, you know some job losses are going to be permanent uh, but created new ones faster than we're losing them is the goal. Uh, Obviously the democratic plan uh, the stimulus package that was putting a lot of money around that to try to create the new jobs. And that infrastructure uh, plan also creates a lot of new jobs. So um, things are looking good on that front and hopefully the trend continues. On the world economic outlook, the global financial stability report uh, is being released by the IMF and World Bank uh, for uh, the 2021 meetings. So we'll keep eye on, on that. And Brazil is scheduled to release uh, services and composite manufacturing um, index data for March. Uh, the readings for February were 47 and 49, respectively. Uh, we're hoping those are gonna increase slightly. Uh, it's, it's a bit iffy on that one, but um, we shouldn't see a big decrease and that's what we're looking for. US top news, the US Supreme Court is backed Google and Oracle over a major copyright case. So, you know, there's so many of these uh, big cases, you know, Apex uh, video games uh, suing uh, or in a lawsuit with Apple and uh, and I think Google, uh, Google and Oracle, all these, you know, it's kind of watching the the King Kong versus uh, Godzilla movie. Not sure who to root for here. In the end, someone's going to win and there's going to be a little bit of money changed hands. But all in all, these things, uh, you know, Seem to be background noise for these companies. Doesn't really affect their their, their stocks or their businesses. Uh, But in this case, uh, anyway, Google or Alphabet, its it's, uh, parent company, won over Oracle on a uh, patent or copyright on the Android operating system. So good for Google on that one. Tesla shares a surge after the company's uh, post-and-record delivery. So Tesla shares not back to its previous high, but it did move up uh, almost to the 670 US range. Uh, you know, After record deliveries, uh, strong demand out of China has offset some of the, uh, the impact of trying to get the auto parts to the slow down and productions and we try tried to do, uh, continue to build cars. Uh, and, uh, and as we've talked about Tesla many, many times, of course, there's going to be more, more and more uh, competition to this space, but we'll, you know, there's still the bulls out there on Tesla. Uh, I'm not, you know, as, as everyone knows who, who follows, I'm not a big, uh, I'm a Tesla fan. Uh, But I'm not a big uh, fan at the share price right now. Uh, It certainly can go up. Uh, There's nothing stopping it from doing that. Again, it's a bit of supply demand curve. uh, But all in all, I think the outlook uh, for their stock price uh, is going to face more competition and uh, and pull back. So um, there are calls out there for. uh, There's one call for a thousand dollar price. Uh, I even saw one for a $3,000 price target on Tesla. So, you know, there are the bulls out there on Tesla. Personally, I, I like to see more value and cash flow outlook uh, than, uh, than I see there right now. GameStop. So, going back to the stonks rally from Reddit. Uh, so, GameStop is, um, you know, their, their stock, which is probably worth sub $20 a share, you know, if you really look at intrinsic value. Uh, view of it. Uh, it's trading about 189 right now, US. Uh, still kind of being held up there by those Reddit, um, um, you know, smaller investors, uh, you know, call it a social experiment that they're doing, uh, kind of keeping that value up. Well, uh, GameStop's going to go raise money into that, into that market. They're going to raise, they're talking about raising up, up to a billion dollars of stock sale. Uh, so this is a, diluge, a dilutive effect. Basically, they're issuing new shares. So, you know, the company still worth the same, but you increase the number of shares, each share uh, dilutes down. But why wouldn't they go sell stock at 189 bucks a share when it's probably not even worth 20 uh, just to recapitalize the company uh, and try to reinvent themselves and, 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 and build it back up? So uh, not a big surprise. In fact, AMC, the theater company, did the same thing when Reddit ran their stock up. Uh, they went out and raised, uh, I think, roughly a billion dollars and recapitalized themselves uh, to help, carry, help them carry through uh, the theater closures. So not a surprise that they're doing this. Again, wouldn't be a, something like I would recommend anyone to jump on, but it's out there. Uh, U.S. is putting J&J in charge of the plant that botched the COVID vaccine uh, that was being run by AstraZeneca. So you probably heard this in the news. There was a plant in the U.S. Uh, that 15 million doses of the vaccine uh, was contaminated. So it, now the good news is it didn't ship. Uh, so no one's at risk. It didn't leave the plant, uh, but it was it was botched in, in the mix, the, the, the chemistry behind it and the, 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 the ingredients. Uh, right ratios were mixed and it had to be 15 million doses had to be scrapped. So the U.S. Uh, state which owns the facility is uh, pulled the management of that from AstraZeneca and given it to Johnson & Johnson. So Johnson Johnson will now be producing their vaccines out of there and those dosages going out uh, moving forward. Um, I don't know if it was all on the botch, um, you know, the botch batch of 15 million that they're doing this. Uh, it could be a lot of the controversy around AstraZeneca, uh, you know, just putting more uh, J&J vaccines out there just might hold a little bit more confidence for people I know there's a lot of debate going on around the AstraZeneca or Zeneca rather so uh, so this just might be uh, the US's way of saying hey if people are going to be iffy about AstraZeneca let's give them more J&Js because no one seems to have any issues there so um, maybe a bit of both went into that decision making process uh, and of course, on the oil and gas front, if you followed through 2020, we talked a lot about the uh, mergers and acquisitions happening, still going on in the oil and gas sector. Um, you know, they're getting a bit pricier here. So Pioneer Natural Falls uh, spent six point, uh, or sorry, Pioneer Natural's price fell uh, on the six point four billion dollar deal for them to buy Double Point Energy. Uh, so this is just the market saying, yeah, hey, maybe you're paying a little bit more than you could have six months ago. Um, and uh, you know and they're still recovering it's not like pioneer is uh, is experiencing huge profits so a little bit of negativity around the a but it still continues there uh, for sure and on that m a front uh, we talked about this last year uh, transat uh, was going to be bought up by air Canada uh, pre-pandemic they had a deal during the pandemic they renegotiated that deal down from like it was over 300 million down to uh, $188 million, um was going to be the buyout. And now Air Canada has walked away from that just basically saying, you know, um, they blamed it on antitrust hurdles in, in, the, in Europe. Uh, however, uh, I don't think Air Canada was really um, enthusiastic about this deal, given the current environment. Uh, so obviously, Transat shares have slumped. Uh, in fact, they're in a situation that they're going to have to Probably restructure some debt or raise some more capital to pay down some debt. Um, given that they were they were a pretty challenged state, um, you know, as a uh, as pretty much a tour or vacation operator, um, where all that business has been closed down. Uh, you know, Air Canada was a little bit of a, a savior on that front, um, but uh, with the deal falling through, they're going to be left on their own. So we'll have to see what happens with Transat. As most of you know, I'm not a big fan of investing in airline businesses to, to begin with. So I don't know if this changes any views, views I have of, uh, of those two companies, uh, but obviously a little bit less stress on Air Canada to take on the, that debt um, and and uh, that operation, uh, given the current marketplace. Uh, again, with oil and gas here in Canada, Interpipeline gets a $325 million grant from Alberta uh, for their uh, pet. Kim plant, uh, the petrochemical plant complex in in Alberta. Uh, And this is in the middle of Brookfield infrastructure partners trying to buy up InterPipeline. So uh, it's a hostile takeover, Uh, InterPipeline's not in favor of it, Um, you know, or they're not in favor of the current price that's being offered. So, uh, so, you know, that battle continues on, but in the meantime, they just got a big injection of cash from the province uh, in order to um, uh, build out their heartland, uh, petrochemicals uh, plant there. Uh, Barrett Gold nears an agreement to reopen his Papua New Guinea mine. Uh, so this was shut down. Oh, it was shut down. Geez, over a year ago, um, it was shut down by the government uh, over there, um, just so in dispute on the uh, the rights and, and profits out of uh, out of that mine. Uh, so they're they're now close to an agreement to to reopen that. So it'll be good for Barrett. Uh, Canada's Whitecap uh, Resources is going to buy Kicking Horse, Kickin Horse Oil and Gas for over 300 million. Uh, so they're, you know, again, just another acquisition. This one's a little bit more favored by the um, by the, the by the markets uh, as not being too overvalued, uh, but still kind of a late stage M and A acquisition for uh, for Cap. On the dollar front, we did see the US dollar weaken a little bit, uh, of course, this just goes to the trend we've been seeing for the last 12 months. Uh, markets are strong, uh, dollar goes down, markets are weak, dollar goes up. So uh, just uh, people, you know, when people are afraid or the outlook is negative, uh, people move their, their, their money into what's considered the safe haven or the safe currency, uh, global currency, and that drives up the US dollar a little bit. With that weakness, we saw the 10-year note fall to 1.69, uh, for 1.71, and, and remember, kind of target is the mid 1.8 for uh, inflation to become uh, more and more of a, a concern. But uh, you know, again, this is up from sub 1% in January, so we are seeing it move pretty steadily through this year. On the oil front, we did see uh, we did see uh, one one and a half, just just around one and a half percent increase in the price, so some positivity in there. OPEC Plus uh, came out. OPEC Plus meeting came out with uh, you know, they're going to gradually increase the supply to the market. Uh, and that's being viewed as the demand is slowly increasing as well. So as demand starts to increase, uh, of course, very positive for, them, for, uh, for that commodity. Uh, and we are seeing, you know, you know, UK is starting to reopen more and more um, with their vaccine rollout. Other countries in, in, in Europe and the Middle East, Doing well, and uh, and of course the U.S. In fact, domestic travel in the U.S. has really started to increase as uh, more and more places open. So all that tends to lead to more demand, uh, especially on the oil and gas front. Gold did creep up a little bit, still shy of the 1,800 an ounce um, highs of uh, last year, uh, but again, still uh, still a good focus as far as inflation hedge goes. Copper continues to edge to up uh, off its all-time highs, uh, but still uh, continues to stay strong as demand for copper uh, continues to, to stay up there. Uh, and that goes into a lot of construction. Of course, the electric vehicles, uh, technology uses a lot of copper, you know, being the, the main conductors, um, but also housing and, uh, and construction Kind of your, your high-rise construction uses uh, alloys in the metals and copper always does well when we're in a boom there on that front, and uh, there's been no slowdown in construction, especially in North America, um, uh, as as big projects move forward. Uh, despite despite the economic slowdown, uh, the cheap money uh, or cheap borrowing costs continues to drive that up. So let's take a look at our year in review. Uh, now, if we look back a year, and it has been just over a year. Uh, that we went into these uh, went into the pandemic closures. Uh, I remember last March fifth. I think I mentioned was my last live event with uh, with, with a lot of you uh, in attendance where we talked about tax time and and how to how to you know try to prepare for the tax year ahead. Uh, and that was uh, the first week of March. Uh, of course, right after that, everything closed down. Um, and if you remember, you know it's hard to even think back if you remember how hard Italy and Spain some of the early countries to, to really come into focus of, you know, kind of the, the, the mass lockdown, not even allowed to go in the street for any reason, uh, you know, the tragedy of seeing, uh, you know, uh, the, the backup at the, the, the morgues and, and funeral homes and just such a loss and devastating uh, hit to their economies and uh, their populations. Yeah, and then quickly after that, of course, uh, you know, as the world went into lockdown, uh, more and more people live in isolation, especially the elderly. Of course, if, if any of um, the seniors were in the homes, they you know, couldn't have visitors, they couldn't leave. Um, you know, even people who are in their ho- own homes, you know, they couldn't have people over. Uh, the risks were really, really high. Uh, the schools closed down. Uh, we went into homeschooling. I still feel really, really bad for all the parents that had to try to work remotely and and of course, teach the kids. All our entertainment and sports stopped. If we look back, it was you know, it was closed for most of last year, uh, reopened in late summer again. Um, you know, we had to reshape education, right you switch into online, uh, which the kids you know are doing now. but you know that was a big, hard flip for the the education system, the teachers. Uh, even, even people at home to figure out setups and, uh, computers, uh, for a lot of communities, uh, who didn't have ready access to those things, how we did our shopping, you know, uh, people who I thought would never be e-commerce shoppers, uh, you know, even my mother out there ordering groceries online, uh, and, and, you know, scheduling drop-offs to, to her place. Uh, just we, we went through this massive shift. Um, we also went through a year of defiance, and we're still seeing that right now. Obviously, with the, even here in BC, with the recent shutdown, a couple of restaurants, um, you know, against orders stayed open uh, for full in uh, sit-down dining. Uh, but not just them, they were full, right? There was a lot of people that we're going to go to that. We're still seeing protests, uh, you know, anti-lockdown protests uh, around the world, not just here. Uh, so, you know, we saw the kind of two sides of the coin with that over this last year. We went through a US election and it wasn't an election it was. Uh, of course, with everything that went on uh, with the aftermath of that election, but leading into that election, if you know, if you think back of everything leading into that election, the controversies, the, the the leadership races we saw, of course, you know the, the Democrats uh, uh, race to to get to Biden as their 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 candidate, um, and um, uh, uh, and all the you know the other candidates that kind of went through there, and you know, you know the, the people you know we're still seeing some of those, of course, Harris, and Buttigieg are you know at the forefront of the new uh, the new administration, um, and but but also we looked at global leaders, how they did through all this, you know, they were kind of put under a microscope, some excelled, uh, and some were challenged, uh, and some did really well at the beginning or, or at least the perception was that they were doing really well at the beginning. Uh, and then the popularity as the, the, the pandemic has gone on, um, has kind of waned, uh, through all of this. And, uh, and we're, I think we, we see that, you know, at the federal level, we see it at the provincial levels or, you know, globally, we're seeing that uh, as people, you know, we're, the, the, the tiredness or the frustration uh, has weighed heavily, I think, uh, on everyone. And and that's one thing, I, you know, when I was kind of looking at this past year and thought, you know, what has happened through this year? Uh, it's going to be really interesting to me to see how history judges how the world handled this um, and also how, you know, every country uh, reflects on how their leadership uh, did through this pandemic, um, you know, whether it's going to be very favorably or very harshly. Uh, because of course, you know, we had the stimulus packages from, from, from these leaders and from these governments uh, come out. And, uh, you know, just speaking about Canada, uh, but I think some of it could be related to the rest of the world as well. Uh, The impressive part I think they did really, really well is the speed in which they came out with it. And the challenge with being fast out with such a big program such a vast, broad programs that they came out with everything from um, salary subsidies, rent subsidies for corporations and individuals, the CERB for individual, for paychecks, the student supports. Um, There is no way to get it out that fast and get it right. There's going to be a lot of challenges, but it's going to be interesting to see how history looks back and says, could they have done it better given the circumstances? And that's, I think, what has to be weighed is given the circumstances, because speed definitely played a massive factor there. Um, Had they tried to do it better or perhaps more, uh, you know, with more controls in place, it would have taken a lot more time. So... You know, I think that's it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how history plays that out. And of course, tech billionaires made record profits, and they're all, you know, their their, their astronomical amount of wealth has just grown uh, as we see the battle for top space between Bezos and Musk and 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 uh, Zuckerberg, uh, you know, up there. You know, Gates is still in the fray, um, but. You know, what, what, the real, what really happened to the economy? And I think if you look at where the damage was really done, uh, you know, hospitality industry, um, and, and especially in the U.S., which is kind of a looking glass into uh, what we have to keep an eye on the economy, is those hourly workers who don't have all the benefits. They don't have sick leave. Sick leave. They don't have the opportunity to work remotely uh, in many, many cases where, where a lot of that damage was done and yet we we categorized a lot of these lower paying less benefits uh, less support we 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 categorized them as frontline workers and and uh, you know as a society we kind of went out and recognized them for the for you know um, being out there and helping us i mean you know there's the frontline of course medical and first responders uh, you know, which was incredible, especially when you look at the medical staff having to deal with the COVID outbreaks uh, directly. Uh, and, and as the numbers rise again, you know, of course, they're on the forefront of all that. Uh, but even when we take a look at the service industries that stayed open, the grocery stores that stayed open, um, you know, it's going to be really interesting again to see what happens as we move forward here. Are they going to be recognized? Uh, are, there, are the pay is going to be recognized? Are people going to be willing to pay more for those services going forward, given how much we relied on them through all through all this, so um, just, I, I find this going to be an interesting case study when it comes to you know kind of looking back. Um, and of course, where are we today? Well, we've got housing at all time highs, you know, breaking records every month when the numbers come out. Uh, which is good if you're selling or you're, even if you're holding. Uh, you know, there is a lot of concern now kind of building up around the housing market, even uh, the government of Canada talking about how they might be able to slow this down a little, a little bit. Um, you know, the, uh, it's mostly be driven, of course, by the cheap rates, the cheap uh, uh, mortgage rates uh, for people to be able to get into the market or spend more money than they normally would have. Uh, of course, there's the danger behind that is more and more people spend, uh, especially borrow. Uh, if rates start to increase, then uh, you know it, it can cause uh, a, hopefully not a collapse. But you know, if you've got a 2% uh, mortgage rate uh, and it renews in five years at 4%, well, your monthly mortgage bill could double. So it's, it's important to keep that in mind uh, when people are out there borrowing. Uh, so there is some movement that, you know, there's even talks of taking away our, uh, our, our tax-free principal residence and, and instituting the capital gain tax on it. I, I don't think they'd go that far. I think they might raise the capital gains tax from 50% inclusion to 75% inclusion well before they did the principal residence. But uh, I mean, it's kind of scary that it's out there as, 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 as potential suggestion. So, uh, so there are talks about uh, things slowing down. I think one of the most pessimistic forecasts I saw was a 40% drop in the housing prices in Canada. Um, I think that's probably way too pessimistic, um, especially if you look at the different areas. Uh, you know, Calgary or Alberta, for example, has already been really high hit. I don't think we can take another 40% drop or don't think they would. Uh, Ontario would probably be the hardest hit Uh, given that they're a sprawling community, BC tends to always be a little bit more buoyant because we are, you know, locked. There's only so far, you know, there's only so much space before you run into a mountain or water. So, uh, so BC tends to, uh, while we have ups and downs, uh, be a little bit insulated from the big drops, but that's something we we have to keep a really close eye on out there. And of course the market's hit an all-time high again uh, yesterday. Uh, which is great that, uh, you know, that they've bounced back that high. Uh, you know, again, though, we saw the start of this year, uh, We, after highs of last year, we saw that pullback, especially around some of the overvalued names in the growth sectors, uh, especially around some technology names. Uh, and now money moving over into those value names, which we've been talking about since January. Uh, so we're seeing some nice growth in those, uh, those arenas. Uh, but again, you know, Being concerned, which is why we're seeing the futures today sell off a little bit, uh, just as people see, you know, let's let's keep this growth um, tempered. Uh, Now, the the IMF has raised the outlook for Canada's growth this year from three point six to five point three, so so we are looking for for good growth in the Canadian markets this year, uh, but I think a little bit more tempered than we saw last year, as far as how quick uh, we can see that see that move. So. Uh, again, this year, uh, I won't get too much into themes. We covered off the innovation last week. We covered, I think, the week before. The week before that, we talked about value trends in the markets. Uh, but that's what we are today. That's what we've come through in this last year. Hopefully, we're at the home stretch. I know I'm doing a year in review, kind of like, hey, it's over. Uh, we're moving forward. We're definitely not at that stage yet, but uh, we are we are progressing. The vaccines are moving. Uh, hopefully, the new variants, um, you know, don't cause a problem. With the, with the vaccine's effectivenesses or effectiveness uh, to allow us to reopen uh, you know, as quickly as possible and, and get back to that new normal. And I know that's the buzzword that's out there, but do keep in mind, uh, we're probably going to open in a different way. What we've been through through this last year, I think is really going to change things on an ongoing basis. You know, Whether that's you know, people continue to online shop uh, obviously, last week, we covered a lot about those innovative technology, which is changing the way we're doing things, uh, even how we used to, you know, go back to doing what we used to do, but we're going to do them differently. You know, of course, travel is going to be uh, different. I don't know that uh, certainly for the foreseeable future, you'd be traveling without a mask, at least while on the plane. Um, and, uh, you know, education is how that's going to change going forward obviously especially when we talk about the universities and colleges that had to shift to full online uh you know bring the technology up to speed is that going to be an ongoing offering for distance students who you know save on the housing costs save on the travel costs um is that going to be more and more uh implemented uh, more broadly moving forward i do think we're, we're all these things are up for discussion And I think we're going to see a lot of those changes as we come out of this. But with that, I won't keep you guys anymore. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. As always, uh, visit us at MikeOnMoney.com. Give us your comments, your feedback. Always happy to take a deep dive into any topics that you guys would like to hear from. And as always, thanks for joining us. Talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.